from the front lines of the green rush. This is Green Entrepreneur, where business owners talk about how they found success in cannabis and how you can too. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Green Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Jonathan Small, and I'm editor-in-chief of Green Entrepreneur. Very excited about our guest today, Mike Zappi Zappelin joins us. And Mike is a film director who is also known as the psychedelic concierge for his work helping with celebrities and thought leaders and business icons and helping them have a conscious transformation. His 2016 documentary, The Reality of Truth, followed actress Michelle Rodriguez and her friends on a deeply personal journey of discovery through psychedelics. And now he has an upcoming documentary that I'm really excited to see. It's about the basketball star and also Khloe Kardashian's former husband, Lamar Odom. And the film is called Lamar Odom Reborn. And it features Lamar's complete transformation from his very public breakdown, depression, and addiction to now a healthy and thriving uh, life that he has found through ketamine infusions and plant medicine. So... Zappi is a passionate advocate for ketamine therapy. He co-founded the nonprofit organization, the Ketamine Fund, which grants free ketamine treatments to veterans and others who are suicidal. And Zappi also recently launched a social movement called the Mind Army, which is fighting for the right to pursue happiness. Who, who can who can be against the right to pursue happiness? <laughs> Zappy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Nice to be here. My two, you know, a lot of my favorite things combined here. You got the greenness of the cannabis. You got entrepreneurship, which I think is like an incredible thing and something really unique that we have in this country, in this world that really gives anybody an opportunity to do whatever it is they want to do. So you've combined them. That's amazing. And I think anybody who's you know, open to the forwardness of entrepreneurship and cannabis is definitely in line to understand that the next really super movement is with psychedelics, where we can really get to like the root of the problem and get to that. And then, you know, you come back out of that, as many of your listeners probably know, with a new perspective and even a lot more empathy potentially because of that experience of going inside yourself and being in touch with what your frequency is all about for yourself. A lot to unpack there. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned entrepreneurship and talk a little bit about your background because you began as an entrepreneur, right? In the, in the um, dot-com space, you had a lot of domain names, you had a, a domain name business. Tell us a little bit about your start and that, that part of your career. Yeah. So for, uh, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, you know, I actually went to work on Wall Street when I got out of college in 1988. And I went to work at Drexel Burnham, which was a very entrepreneurial Wall Street firm and um, had an experience there. And, you know, was doing a, a good job of being part of the financial cog of Wall Street. and But I just really wanted to do something more entrepreneurial. And in the uh, early 90s, I had seen that they had deregulated television and you can make your own infomercials and put products or services, entertainment, whatever you wanted on there. And I thought, wow, this is incredible. I got to get be an entrepreneur. And I dove into that space. I'd have a little bit of production experience 
And I just dove in there and we wound up making some business profile television shows about even some of our clients from the Wall Street business. And it was a really good experience. But as an entrepreneur, I always believe in getting the word out and press and things like that. So I had put out some press about what we were doing. And I got a call from the Today Show and they said, hey, Katie Couric wants to talk about infomercials. And so I went there and did an interview. And at the end of the interview, I actually like gave out our 800 number, which Katie was not happy about. But uh, I did it anyways. And all of a sudden I got, you know, hundreds of phone calls. Every time zone that that Today Show would play, I'd get hundreds more phone calls. And at the office, we were taking all these messages and Diana Ross was watching and she contacted me about helping her with some of her projects. And Time Warner Cable wanted to do an in, internal infomercial for their movies and stuff. So got, you know, created like a really cool business just from that one press experience. And so I was doing that. I was, I was having a, a really good experience in the direct response world. But when I saw the internet happening in like 1997, I was like, wow, that's like the marketer's holy grail. You get to track the orders and, you know, the ship out. It was just fantastic. So I thought, you know, how do I fit in here? And my concept was that if I got a category generic domain name, like beer.com or diamond.com or something, I would have a certain amount of credibility day one. And then as more people came on the internet, I would rise with the tide. And it just seemed like a no brainer. So I did uh, what I call my Super Bowl test, which is I wrote down a list of who advertises at the Super Bowl, figuring those are big enough categories to get into and spend a few years developing some sort of a site or business. So you think about it, the Super Bowl, it's like beer, cars, computers, insurance, credit cards, you know, top of the list was beer. And I checked what beer.com was. And I found this real hobbyist site of, you know, like a 21 year old kid who'd taken the name and he had pictures of him and his friends throwing up from drinking too much. And it said on the top, it said, we need advertisers so we can buy more beer. And so I looked him up. He was in Colorado. I was thinking, wow, this guy's in Colorado. He can't find a beer sponsor. Like he really needs some help from me. And uh, I negotiated, this is 1998, to buy it from him, put a $100,000 valuation on the, on the domain. And I gave him $80,000 and he kept 20% of it. So he'd have some upside. And we put together like a beer portal site, how to brew beer, rate your favorite beer, get a beer.com email, whatever you want to do. And we put out some press, got calls from all the beer companies, and we wound up selling it to Interbrew just a couple months after we'd taken it over for $7 million. And so I was like, wow, this is a really good business model. Let me go back to the list. And I wound up you know, acquiring from people who had already taken these names. Wasn't early enough to do that, but was able to negotiate to get diamond.com and uh, computer.com. Wound up doing a Super Bowl commercial for 1-800-COMPUTER and computer.com during the dot-com time. And uh, wound up uh, developing creditcards.com with the group. And, and that was a, also a successful venture. So yeah, it was really fun. And that's kind of what leads me to this next phase of my life, which was I kind of did everything society told me to do. And I'm like, they said, if you do this, you're going to be happy, totally fulfilled. And I did it all. And then I was like, oh man, I'm happy, but you know, I'm not totally fulfilled. Like there's something more I got to get to. And I had had some good experience with psychedelics when I was younger. And I thought, you know, Hey, maybe if I go like deep inside myself, like with something like ayahuasca, if I go to the jungle and sit with a shaman, maybe if I do it for the intent of not having a good time, but rather exploring myself and what I want to do and get some answers, that would be like a really great thing to do. And 
So I had a relationship with Deepak Chopra and I asked him to be involved with this because I had found some crazy things in the Bible, including psychedelics and meditation and things. And he agreed to be part of the movie. And he said to me, you know, you're going to have to like to make it interesting. You're going to have to go down to Peru and take your friends and go down there and stir it up in the pot and drink the ayahuasca. And there's no other way to, you can't just talk about this forever. So I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. I wound up uh, through a friend getting actress Michelle Rodriguez to come with us. And we went down to Peru and we sat with the shamans. We did a ceremony with something called San Pedro, which is a cactus at the top of a mountain, 17,000 feet. And it was an amazing Michelle in the movie, The Reality of Truth. She talks about on that San Pedro trek down the mountain, she dropped 20 years of heavy pain and uh, off her shoulders. And she was totally renewed right there. And then a couple of days later, we hiked into the rainforest down into the jungle and we went and sat in an ayahuasca ceremony in the jungle. And it was uh, super profound. And Michelle, as you, you see in the movie, The Reality of Truth, you can really see like her transformation where she came in as this really cool person, but she kind of had a, you know an edge and everything. And then you see her after San Pedro and she's like, says she tapped into her femininity. And then you see her after the ayahuasca and she's like, this is a destruction of everything I've ever known. And she told me that after that, she was going to be, she felt so empowered that she was going to come back and be part of the writing team on the Fast and Fur Furious and write women into more roles, including herself, which she did. And she's just accelerated her life as a, an actress and a person. And it was a really, it's a great experience. And then I, that movie, I show that movie. Sometimes I screen it in different places. I was screening it two years ago at Hippocrates Health Institute in South Florida. And somebody came up to me after the screening and they said, Hey, I just watched your movie and I'm good friends with Lamar Odom. And he's in a pretty rough place right now. Do you think some of this plant medicine could help him? Would you be willing to talk to him? And so I was like, sure, absolutely. So spoke to him. I wound up convincing him to come down to Florida and do a series of ketamine treatments. Ketamine for depression has now been proven. You know, Yale University, Johns Hopkins have shown that a low dose of ketamine in over 45 minutes or so can break even treatment resistant depression. And there was a lot of science on the ketamine that's really incredible. So I said to Lamar, you know, you've never gone inside yourself. You've always been warned not to do it because as an African-American guy, it's pretty dangerous. And this is one of the unfair things about psychedelics right now that for an African-American person to do it, if something goes wrong and they freak out or something, they could be shot and killed or put in a mental institution where if a white person has a freak out, their whole neighborhood, their whole community is going to be behind them and they'll get some therapy and everything. So it's, it's not really fair, but he'd always been warned not to do it. And so when he had the ketamine experience the first time, it's FDA approved. You're doing it in a Western medicine doctor's office. He felt comfortable. And when he went inside, he came out and he was like, I've never felt this good in my life. You know, he said he thought he went to heaven and came back and he was just really appreciative. And what I didn't really realize when I met him is that, uh, you know, I just figured he was like a celebrity and he was having some crisis, you know, of that. But it turns out he's got a lot of trauma from childhood. His mom passed away when he was 12 years old of cancer and, you know, in front of him and grandmother that raised him passed away. And he had a son who's six months at six months of age passed away 
while he was in his career and just like tough stuff that, you know, you got to get to the bottom of that or it's going to haunt you. You're going to try to cover that up with drugs or vices and things like that, just to not be alone with your thoughts. And so he went in, had this incredible experience. He did it a few more times. It's in the movie. And he just like felt really strong. He kind of triaged from it. And I told him, you know, I think given your addiction profile and what you're trying to achieve, that I think you got to come down to Mexico with me and do an ibogaine treatment, which can break a heroin addiction and, you know, or an opiate addiction in one 12 hour session. And he said, all right, let's do it. And he's just an open. Did he have an addiction to opiates at that time? I would say it was all in the mix. It was like, you know, his life is just, he's sitting there. He's used to having 50,000 people cheering for him. And when you're sitting in your apartment, yeah, it's kind of boring. And you're trying not to think about what's the trauma and so you, yeah, take a little alcohol, somebody gives you some Xanax, somebody comes over with some whatever, opiate, eh, you're just going to take it, you know? And, the, and especially when you're a celebrity, so many people enabling you, oh my God, I got the best drugs ever, like try this, you know? And so you're just, it's an impossible situation. And so I wouldn't say he was necessarily like has that he needed to break that addiction. He just had a general addiction to whatever was going to cover up that pain. So, and that's really dangerous. How did you get him? It's one thing to offer that to him, but then to be able to film it and chronicle it. Was that hard to get him to agree to do that? It's cool because I think he's had so much camera on him from the Kardashians and stuff that he's almost unfazed by it. You know, it was a little tricky. Like I was like, hey, you know, I'd like to film this and see what comes of it. And he was like, yeah, all right, you can film it. But like, you know, I have my permission to use it, you know, and I was like, yeah, no problem, you know. And then by the time we trusted each other, he trusted what I was going to do with footage, we came to an agreement before we went to Mexico and we said, he said, yeah, I'm going to let you film this and we'll turn it into a documentary film and he can participate in that as well. And so we, we have like a really good arrangement where he was willing to be open to exposing himself. And that's pretty brave because again, you don't know what you're going to say or do when you're under these influence here, but he, he's a brave person. You know, it's like, you got to be like a lion of some sort to win an NBA championship, never mind get to the NBA. So he has that. And I knew that he could use that to inspire even other people that that was part of his makeup. So we did that and it was amazing, you know, literally 24 hours after he had the Ibogaine experience, which is in the movie. And you can see he gets to see his son who passed away at six months of age. You get to, he got to see his son at six months old, got to see him grow to be like eight or nine years old, then to grow to a teenager like he would be today. And that was amazing. And to hear his mother's voice for the first time in whatever, 25 years. I mean, these are major breakthroughs in a person's, in their reality. So that was really cool. And then 24 hours after I gave him the, the Ibogaine with the doctors, he came out, he said, I feel so good physically and mentally. He said, I think I can make a comeback in professional basketball, even though I'm 40 years old and I had 12 strokes and six heart attacks and kidney damage, liver failure. I was like, wow, you know, and his bodyguard trainer was with us in the van when he said it. And the guy was like, oh, take it easy, Lamar, dude. You know, you gotta, you'd have to work out four hours a day. You can't be smoking weed all the time. And Lamar was like, I know what I got to do. I'm doing it. Now we were like, wow, awesome. And just a few months later at training and training, he made a comeback in uh, 
played in a professional tournament in Dubai for the Philippines team. And like, it was like a rock, his own Rocky moment where he achieved. And, you know, he says at the end of the movie, you know, he knew he wasn't the same basketball player that he is. He can't play a whole season of NBA with all that games and travel and all that. But he's like, it just like, I should have died. Like, you know, and I dropped my fear of death. And like, this is everything I'm doing is just gravy you know so like how who cares i just i wanted to play and I, it was fun you know and i got to do it so so when can we see this movie and how can we see this movie so the movie right now we're working the distribution we, it's going to be on a major streaming service in late january and in some other places it'll be available i'm not I can't tell exactly where they're at right now, but we're going to launch it just after the inauguration time in January so that we got kind of a clean slate of, unfortunately, people talking about PTSD and really, really needing the information that's in this movie because, you know, there's nothing else. I, I love cannabis. It's been part of my life for 30 years. It's near and dear to me, but, you know, it's not going to triage somebody out of an, a, a suicidal episode in 45 minutes. So, we have this amazing ketamine crystal that is, uh, people think it's synthetic or whatever. It's really not. It's a crystal. It is created using salts and minerals and processing that. A human being processing it, but so is ayahuasca. You have to take a vine and a leaf and put them together and boil. A human has to do that. So I don't see it as much different, but the ketamine doesn't have any kind of legacy like a plant has, like where it was grown, the soil, who harvested it, who prepared it. It's a lot of legacy there that you have to work out of your frequency when you take that substance and the ketamine it's like just so clean and clear each time because it's a crystal you can even put positive energy on it so you've got a amazing triage opportunity and then with the ibogaine that's also in the movie this is an opportunity for society there's nothing else that's going to break a heroin addiction or a meth addiction in 12 hours so we have to start accessing this stuff and this is why we started the Mind Army uh, social movement, because we're just like, you know what? We're not going to sit here in 2020 and have a conversation where the government or anybody else tells us, OK, alcohol's good, tobacco's good, but psilocybin mushrooms, not good. And even if you have an addiction or a depression or PTSD during this thing or somebody's suicidal, sorry, you can't use it because 53 years ago, we said it was illegal because we needed to study it. And now here we are 53 years later and millions of people have taken it with great benefit. And we're still telling you no. And we're just saying we don't accept that. We're in a pandemic with a suicide rates up by thousands of percents and growing we're not just going to sit here and go, oh, OK, thanks. Uh, we'll check back in another 20 years. We are demanding the right to go inside our own minds to break addiction, break depression with these plant medicines and other catalysts that are known to be safe and effective. We just don't accept that reality right now. So how does one take these psychedelics like a ketamine? Is it is it injected? How does how, tell me a little bit about the process of how that works? So the ketamine can be uh, administered in a number of ways. The most effective ways are either to get an IV dripped over 45 minutes, low dose, to get an intramuscular shot into the arm or leg. And then the third is to take a sublingual lozenge that you goes through the mucosa in the in the mouth. And that's really the one that we've jumped on because my business partner, Warren Gumpel and I, who's he's an executive producer, the Lamar film, him and I have been in the ketamine 
industry for the last four and a half years. We started something called Keta MD. And Keta MD is a virtual ketamine platform where you, as the consumer, come in, you do a telemedicine call with our doctor. We screen you, they screen you and approve you for the medication. We express mail you one ketamine lozenge in the mail. And then you schedule with one of our nurses to do a guided telemedicine session where you take the lozenge and they guide you over telemed to have a good experience. That's a low dose, that lozenge, very low dose. It's a low dose. Yeah. But the thing about ketamine is it's not a psychedelic in the, it's a psychedelic, but it's not a hallucinogenic, you know, the walls aren't melting and stuff. It's dissociative. So it dissociates your left and your right brain and it allows them to communicate freely without your ego getting involved. So it's an amazing experience. And the, those three ways are really medically sound. A lot of people, when they're using ketamine in a nightclub or abusing it, whatever way, they're snorting it and it's going through the nasal cavity, hitting a lot of opiate receptors. It's really not a good delivery system. And generally, you can't even get to proper dissociation without going too low or too high. It's just it's just not good. It's the it's a negative thing. So we believe with our practice where, you know, you don't have to leave your home, you don't have to get pricked with a needle, there's no blood, all that kind of stuff that you want to avoid even going to a doctor's office during coronavirus or after. This is the solution for mass society where we could bring down suicide rates by 75% because ketamine, the number one side effect is it breaks suicidal ideation. And the way it does it is pretty incredible. There's a couple of science things I want to tell you is they've developed the fact that you have a default mode network in your brain. And there's a mechanism in there called your lateral habenula. And your lateral habenula is recording all the stress you've ever had in your whole life. When it becomes too much, your brain goes into burst mode, which is another brain state, and it cuts off your dopamine production. So all of a sudden you're getting no dopamine, no motivation to do anything, no happiness. The first time that you do the ketamine, it takes your brain out of burst mode and you immediately start getting your dopamine back. So this is why it's reported 75% effective is that like all of a sudden these people are treatment resistant to everything. All of a sudden they get their dopamine and they're just like loving life. That's number one. Number two, when you do the ketamine, you have like this 45 minute incredible experience of being like in present moment awareness, no future, no past present moment, no noisy monkey chatter, zero. And you're just like, oh my God, this is what it's like to breathe and not, you know, have anxiety and ah, this is beautiful. But as you have that experience where when it wears off in a couple hours after when the ketamine metabolizes in your body, it becomes hydroxynorketamine and it actually builds new neural pathways in the brain around trauma and depression. So this is, you know, the National Institute of Mental Health, Cleveland Clinic called this a top 10 medical breakthrough treatment resistant depression with low dose ketamine. And the effects are incredible, but the, the science behind it is like undeniable. And we just think that like having Lamar, somebody in pop culture that people really feel like they know him because they've seen him so much that when he goes through it, people are going to be able to see this as normalized and something that is an opportunity for them to tap into now. Yeah. So as the psychedelics concierge, you worked with a lot of different influential people. Is it for everybody? Are psychedelics for everybody? Or is it a specific type of person that really should, like, obviously, Lamar Odom had tremendous issues prior to this depression and, and all the things we talked about. 
Is it for everybody? I mean, should everybody try ketamine because it can help you deal with certain? That's a good question. I would have probably answered this differently six months ago. I would say right now, coming out of coronavirus, if you've been alive during this experience, you have PTSD. So the only people I would say that shouldn't do it are somebody who's medically ruled out because they have uncontrolled high blood pressure or something like that. But even if people who get that under control should have it. So I really believe right now we as a society have PTSD. These are just fear patterns and things that maybe some, some may have been hereditary. Some may have been trauma based, but pretty much everybody right now has some level of PTSD that they need to disconnect from. And ketamine, because of how safe it is, because of how effective it is, I pretty much think that, yes, everybody should, for the most part, do this if they're healthy enough. But the powerful thing about this is that we have this opportunity where you can turn 80% of your brain on. If you look at a brain scan, well, I'll send you this, you can share it with your viewers. There's a brain, you see it with regular activity. Then under the dose of psilocybin, there's a little bit of activity in the back of the brain. Then you see the same brain with LSD, there's a lot of activity. And then you see the ketamine brain and there's 80% of the brain is lit up, both sides of the brain, the whole thing. And it's like, if you lived your whole life and you didn't turn on 80% of your supercomputer, you may have wasted your whole entire life here. And so I think we people have to really analyze that concept and say, we have movies about the limitless drug and everybody's like, oh, that's going to be amazing. But it's like, we have it. It's here. People are benefiting from it. Just step into the knowledge that it exists. Because I just want to say, I think, I don't think there's a big conspiracy holding these things back. I think it's just a lack of education. People literally don't know about this stuff, including doctors and scientists and politicians. So it's our job to educate them and, and society. So what are the business opportunities here? You obviously are investing your your money and, and time in this. What do you think for, for people listening? What, is it like cannabis was 10 years ago? Or I mean, what are we looking at here? What, what are some of the opportunities? I, and if you could talk a little bit about the legality around some of this, you know, is this a schedule one is, you know, what are, tell me a little bit about that. Sure. I mean, there's, there's multiple opportunities. It's bigger than cannabis even because we're talking about a mental health crisis here where a hundred billion dollar marketplace, just probably the ketamine itself to displace all of these antidepressants and drug and alcohol rehab, traditional and all these things. This is a huge market with the ketamine. Ketamine is schedule three, which means there is a high medical benefit to it, but there is, according to them, some opportunity for abuse. That's why it's schedule three. During coronavirus, things have opened up a little bit more in that people, you know, the government understands and doctors understand that this is a real crisis. And so, you know, hopefully we get, there's a lot of opportunities for people in the ketamine space. And then I think in the psychedelic space coming, you know, you got psilocybin mushrooms, which could also eliminate microdose, could eliminate probably most of the anti, the antidepressants and things, the sleep medications, all of these things are going to be displaced with these amazing natural compounds. So you just had Compass Pathways go public on the NASDAQ billion dollar market cap. This is the time to get in. I would say if you want to be this is the equivalent of being in cannabis in 2011, but it's just a bigger market. You know, it's just this is to triage the entire mental health of the United States and beyond. So I think that's that's 
there's a lot of opportunity. And then I would say there's also an opportunity going beyond this that I think is interesting to us. We're incorporating this into, you know, as I said, our KetaMD platform is to help people to triage with ketamine. But the future of medicine and the future of psychedelics is in frequency. And by that, I mean that you don't have to take a vitamin C, an orange to get vitamin C. You can send the frequency of vitamin C through earphones and things like that through the frequency and it triggers the electrical reaction, the chemical reaction, and you get what you needed without having to have taken it. And I think a lot of these substances, cannabis, psilocybin, ketamine, they're just frequencies. So when those are matched and mirrored, that's really where the future of all these things is going to go. And uh, we have an exclusive, based on incredible science, we have an exclusive on a patch, a wearable patch that has the ketamine frequency embedded in it. They basically take the frequency of the ketamine, they clone it, and then they put it into these crystals that are in this wearable patch that hold the frequency of the ketamine. So it's like you're getting a low dose of ketamine without having any medicine in the patch, FDA, nothing to do with it. But that frequency puts you into that clear mind, that you know blissful calm. And if you can go around that day without having to microdose the ketamine with the actual catalyst, and you can do that through frequency that's going to be amazing. It's I've, I've tried the other patches for pain and for deep sleep and calm. And these are, they're incredible. I mean, people are just freaking out at how amazing they are. And there's no, no medicine. You don't need to be in a clinic. You don't need to have a guide. It's enough. It's just a microdose. So it's not something you would need like guidance through. It's not going to be a deep, subtle. No, it's just to have that frequency with you and, and to tap yourself back in for our patients. We're going to have them use them in between treatments and in, in between boosters, but we also see these as available, you know, in Walmart for people to take for clearing their mind and being calm and just having a generally very peaceful mindset and a beautiful experience every day because they're tapped into the frequency. Well, this is all really interesting stuff. Um, Zappy, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. The, the film is called Lamar Odom Reborn. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. It's, it's really interesting stuff. Thank you, Zappy. Thank you. You too. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Green Entrepreneur Podcast. To find out more about Green Entrepreneur, you can go to greenentrepreneur.com check out our magazine on newsstands everywhere. Check out our Instagram at Green Entrepreneur. We're also on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and all other social media feeds. If you like this podcast and you'd like to hear more from me, Jonathan Small, check out my other podcast, Write About Now. That's W-R-I-T-E to get some in-depth interviews into the lives and stories of successful writers, how they got there, what they learned, and what you need to succeed. That's writeaboutnowmedia.com. Until next episode, we'll THC you later.